0: A further warning to humanity. If the governments of all the nations do not accept my terms, in four days time I will bring desolation to mankind. We all feel better in the dark. In the dark. We all feel
1: better in the dark. In conclusion, If you find yourself falling asleep, having a dream child in the middle of a nightmare, while you're trying to wake up when you're being chased by a guy with razors on his fingers, and you don't know it's a new nightmare, and then you got Jason, he's got an axe, got Kelly Rowland, she's not saying, Nightmare baby, nightmare baby, nightmare baby. baby. License to ill Flow. HY Once upon a time on a Super Bowl night, two guys from BK brought the points to life gave you some previews and some laughs. Wasn't no big thing, no one thought it would last. Then one started growling at the mention of a chick. The other guy would lose it every time he got pissed. Next thing you know, they got a good fan base. So they said, what the hell, let's continue the pace. No stone uncovered, they will take on a topic. Might bring on a gas, and together they rock it. Cause they're in like Flint, too much is a cool. If you don't know the beautiful one, they'll take you to school. I'm talking about Tom DJ and Derek Ferguson. The best podcast out, hands down, it's set. So when in the car, if
0: you're chilling in the park Welcome to another show of better in the dog. Now, those children out
1: there They're jumping the In the hope that the god of the fire will make them fruitful Really, you can't
0: After all, what girl would not prefer the child of the god to god That is some acne-scarred artisan and, and you you encourage them in this? Actively, it's most important to generation born on summer i'll be made aware that here the old gods are dead and one of the true god whose glory churches and monasteries have been built on these islands for generations past now sir, what of him he's dead can't complain he had his chance and in modern times and until we get back in touch with you
1: go watch that movie
0: right david go
1: watch that (laughs) movie
0: I am Christopher Lee, and I would like to thank the kind folks at Better in the Dark for inducting me into the hall of great, great men. Not quite sure why I'm standing here next to this rather strange, rat-faced-looking American, however, but I will still accept it with grace and honor.
1: As you can see, due to the extremely limited budget that we have for this program... It just got me! Tom must do all the voices, and we thank him for trying. Introducing this episode, we wish we could do it with the type of pomp and grandeur and splendor that this great, great man truly deserves. Because yes, all of our great, great men are great, great men. But when we talk about this is a great, great man with all capital letters in the great, great, and not just the first letters. We are, of course, talking about movie icon. And that is a... Mm -hmm. term that is thrown around far too often these days, icon. But with this man, it can truly be said that he deserves it. We are, of course, talking about Christopher
0: Lee. Right. The second... Of, of the inductees into the Great Great Men Hall of Fame that I've actually met. And I hate your guts for that. <laughs> <laughs> you hate my guts because I met Jim Steranko. Oh, man, let's not even go there. To- I'm sure there are other people that...
1: Let's not even go there. But then there have been people I have met that you have yes. met, so Jim Steranko would be... Man, I've probably had a hard you time. You could have come this
0: Saturday and met him with me. Trust me, if I know he was going to be there,
1: I'd have come. I would have introduced you a he was
0: holding court in a orange cream double breasted suit, and he was able to rock it did he have babes no, he didn't have any babes. I always imagined Jim Sturanko... Neil Adams had babes. Really? Neil Adams had babes. Now that We is. had a couple of babes working in his booth. Oh,
1: cool. I always imagine Jim Sturanko be like <laughs> you, Hefner. He has a whole yeah. entourage of babes around him. But Jim Sturanko... Right. I have to wait for his great, 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 man. great Yeah. Because yeah.
0: we're talking, of course, about one of the true... When you mention icons of horror... He was, along with people he considered two of his dearest friends, Peter Cushing and Vincent Price, the icons of the 60s Yeah. when it came to horror. But he was so much more. We're going to spend this hour and change just celebrating this man who is still, God bless him, alive well into his 90s and not having any indication of slowing down.
1: Yeah, and I think it's only fitting that Christopher Lee was able to play significant roles of probably two most important movie trilogies of the 90s. I'm talking, of course, about the Star Wars prequel films, and he was in the Lord of the Rings trilogy as well.
0: He was in the Lord of the Rings. He was in two the Star Wars. Wars. He was probably the only person who was in both films to ever host Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Go Saturday Live, yeah. He's a regular in uh, the repertory company of Tim Burton, mm-hmm. who we talked about in our last episode we recorded. His cousin was Ian Fleming. Ian who created... Fleming. So you can understand why, in our mind, he is one of the true patron saints of Better in the Dark. And as a matter of fact, Ian Fleming, when he wrote Dr. No, Mm -hmm. he wrote it
1: because he had, I guess, some kind of feeling that this was going to be made into a movie, or if it was made into a movie, he wrote it for his cousin, Christopher Lee, Mm -hmm. to be in it. Now, I don't know which it was. I hear two different stories. I hear that, one, the producers didn't want him for it because at that time he was so identified with horror movies, they didn't want audience is mm-hmm. thinking Dracula when they went <laughs> to see the movie or two he was making a Dracula movie at the time it wasn't available to be a doctor no I don't know which story yeah. but
0: luckily he did end up becoming a part of filmic James Bond history yeah
1: yeah Scaramanga the man with the golden gown. Yeah. I like how you put him and Vincent Price and Peter Cushing in the same well, class because these are the three gentlemen that for me Elevated horror movies to a new level of sophistication, yeah. which they previously had not had before. A matter of fact, the whole Hammer Horror film company, which we've said yes. the praise
0: of many times, elevated the well, entire horror movie. Into- I, I'm sure I've talked about it on the show before. There is, and you can get it on Netflix, mm-hmm. a documentary that was made for British television. And it was an our with him in what I guess was his memento room. Right. These were all things that he would accrued through his various films and he would pick up a different artifact and he would reminisce about the film that the artifact was related to. Mm-hmm. Like he picked up a sword that he used when he was Cardinal Richelieu in the, the Musketeer The Musketeers, yeah. He showed photos from the shooting of the, the Fu Manchu films and did Told an at that, that the last thing he showed the camera before the f- special was over was a photo. It was apparently the only photo taken of all three of them together on the set of *The House of the Seven Gables*. And he said, "I wanted to show this last. This is the only photo apparently that was taken of all three of us. This is me with my two dearest friends in the whole world, Peter Cushing and Vincent Price." They made me laugh every day. Mm-hmm. They made me grateful to be alive. And I miss them every waking day.
1: Him and Peter Cushing were such good friends that when they got to Spain to mm-hmm. make the movie Horror Express, which I want to talk about later on, because it's a movie that I don't think a lot of people know about, and they should, because mm-hmm. it's a really remarkable movie starring to both of them. But when they got there... Peter Cush recently lost his right. life, and he said, I can't do this. I can't go through with the movie. And it was Christopher Lee later on that if it hadn't been for Christopher Lee talking to him and getting him through right. he wouldn't have been able to do the movie. So oh, yeah, he went
0: through a period of suicidal
1: thoughts. Yeah, yeah. He Christopher went. Lee had to talk him out of killing yeah. himself one night. So yes. I heard the story. Maybe you know it. Well, you probably know it better than I do.
0: Cushing was contemplating throwing himself down the stairs in the hopes of breaking his neck. Mm-hmm. The one thing that we're going to take away about Lee as a person is that he is an intensely loyal, intensely respect... He's a true gentleman. Yeah. In every yeah. sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And he really felt that Peter Cushing was a brother to him. Yeah. And I think that we would not have gotten the last 10 years or so of Peter Cushing's life if not for Christopher Lee. And he's just one of
1: these guys. And like Vincent Price and Peter Cushing, even though they became known primarily as horror stars and that mm-hmm. was their legacy, right. these are the guys that had a whole rich career in movies yeah. and on the stage before they even got into the horror movie business.
0: For a change, we've decided to use the official biography that is on Christopher <laughs> Lee's own website, as opposed to IMDb. Christopher Lee was born in Belgravia, in London, on the 27th of May, 1922. So we'll be getting this up around the time of his birthday. Right,
1: which is why we're doing it now on Good Friday. Yeah. You're listening to it. This is the second of two episodes we've done today. We're on a roll, folks. Yes,
0: his father was a colonel in the 60th King's Royal Rifle Corps and was decorated for gallantry in the Boer War and the First World War. He was also one of the greatest amateur sportsmen of his time. His mother, the Countess Estelle Marie Cardinale di Sarzano, was a noted Edwardian beauty and was painted by John Labby, Oswald Burley, and Olive Snell. He was educated at Summerfield Preparatory School, took a scholarship at Eton and Wellington College, where he was a classical scholar in Greek and Latin. After leaving school, he worked as an office boy, a messenger in the city of London, at the salary of one pound a week. And during five years of World War II, he served in the Royal Air Force and Special Forces. He was decorated for distinguished service and held the rank of Flight Lieutenant. After demobilization in 1946, he entered the film industry and for a time was under contract with the Rank Organization. He has appeared in theater and in operatic performances, has recorded for radio worldwide, he also sang in the yeah. return of Captain Invincible which we're be hearing about ad infinitum in this episode and recorded <laughs> The King of Elfland's Daughter for Chrysalis Stravinsky's The Soldier's Tale for Nimbus Peter and the Wolf also for Nimbus I remember Beat on wolf, yeah. The King and I, Christopher Lee sings devils, rogues, and other villains from Broadway to Beirut, and many others. In 2005, he recorded an album with world famous metal band Rhapsody, in the single of "In the Magic of the Wizard's Dream," sang in four languages, which entered the music charts in several countries, making him a top recording artist. Now, keep in mind, this is 2005. I think he's about 90 at this point. Yeah. 2006, he released a solo album, Revelation, in which he sung all songs totally in character. In 2010, he became the oldest singer to release a symphonic metal album, Charlemagne by the Sword and the Cross. I love this guy <laughs> When you talk about mm-hmm. A renaissance man
1: Which again Is another term That is thrown around Far too much This guy was yeah. He was the total package This oh. is a man That would have been Successful yeah. At the top Of anything he did mm-hmm. He just happened Thank God For our enjoyment He picked acting yes. But no
0: matter What he feel He would have went into Christopher Lee Would have distinguished himself Yeah Here's a list of the directors that he worked with during his distinguished career John Huston, Raul Walsh, Joseph Losey, George Marshall, Orson Welles, Nicholas Ray, Michael Powell, Edward Molinara, Jerome Savari. Billy Wilder, Steven Spielberg, Joe Dante, Peter Jackson, Tim Burton, John Landis, Alejandro Jodorowsky, and Andrei Konchalovsky. I don't think there's been a famous director he hasn't worked with at some Uh, point. Yeah, I would say so. Over 2,050 film and television performances, he was in The Avengers... In two episodes. Yeah, he was like Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Peter Cushion Cushion. was in two episodes. He was in one where he played a Frankenstein-style robot Mm -hmm. during the fifth season with Emma Peel, and Mm -hmm. he played the head of the Rotters in (laughs) season six. The one and only Power King season. He is the only actor who has portrayed both Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes. He holds the world record for more swords fights in front of the camera than any other actor in history. He also did many of his own stunts when he was able to do so. Yeah. And is an honorary member of not one but three stuntmen's unions. We don't have to tell you how great this guy is.
1: Nah. if you don't think that Christopher Lee is great, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with him. Turn
0: off your iPod now. Get out of here. Yeah. Goodbye. You're not welcome here.
1: When I was a kid, if there was a horror movie on with Christopher Lee or Peter Cushing in it, I watched it. I didn't care if it was Dracula or if it was this or if I'd never heard of it before. It didn't matter. If it was Christopher Lee, I watched it. Matter of fact, any movie with Christopher Lee in it, I watched it because he's worth watching. He's a great
0: actor. Right. Something else we want to point out is that this is a man who loves acting he will tell you he has never backed down from this statement that he took no money for one of my favorite films of all time the wicker man because oh yeah yeah and i quote there are some things you do just for the love of your craft
1: but you'd be surprised how many actors
0: do do that
1: they act in a movie Mm -hmm. or they take a role they do it for little or no money because they just know that and i think that that movie has endured for so long and stood the test of time that even now people compile lists of the best horror he, movies ever made. Yeah. I guarantee you that The Wicker Man is somewhere there in the top ten. Mm-hmm. If whoever's putting this list together knows anything about horror and has seen more than saw movies <laughs>
0: then yeah The Wicker Man is up there. He beat the drum for that film for a long time. If I remember correctly he believed so much in that film that he went out of his own pocket and did a tour Yeah, of the United States. He did
1: a publicity tour of the United States? trying to get people to see this movie
0: to publicize this film in fact if you own the Anchor Bay two disc set you mm-hmm. will see appearances where he appeared on Louisiana Today mm-hmm. and would sing and do sword fights quite frankly behaved like a trained monkey he performed just he to performed. get people to come out for this film that he loved so much yeah quite deservedly so it's one of my favorite horror movies mm-hmm.
1: to watch now. and even though I know what's coming it's still such a feeling of inevitability I guess right. that's what it is because the poor bastard who they set up. He's got
0: it coming. They give him every chance that they can to get off the island. Pretty much stare Edward Woodward in the eyes and say, you probably don't want to be here. You need to leave. So it's not like he doesn't have... And Yeah, buddy, they did tell you to leave when you had the chance. Mm
1: Dracula. One thing that I love about his Dracula movies... Well, he do not talk. He
0: doesn't talk, yeah. He let his actions speak I for him. I think you. It's the only Dracula that never says word. In fact, it's funny. In the later films, particularly Satanic Rites, mm-hmm. where he talks up a storm, he's less effective. Yeah. When it's him in Dracula, Prince of Darkness, and Horror of Dracula, where he says maybe three lines of dialogue, if any. And there's actually a Dracula movie... Which
1: one is this one? The one where they put the cross on front of his doors, the castle that he has, right. and then he goes to get revenge on the priest that put the cross on oh,
0: there? I'm wondering if you're confusing because there's one where he gets revenge. It might be Taste the Blood of Dracula but what you it might be, might be
1: It might be, because at the beginning of the movie, the priest comes to this town, mm-hmm. Right. And they're saying, oh, well. They still feel cursed by Dracula, even though he was killed in the last movie. So the priest goes up there, and he puts this Mm -hmm. cross up on the door, this golden cross. Uh Because at the end of the movie, Dracula falls on the cross and kills himself. Because he's in the ice at the beginning of this one. And he accidentally cuts himself, and the blood goes through the ice. Right, this other priest comes, and he cuts himself. Yeah. And the blood
0: goes in the... That's... that's, So what happens... That's Dracula has risen from the grave. Taste the Blood of Dracula is the film after that one which oh. is one I really like so what happens is that Dracula gets out the
1: ice tries to get back in his castle and sees this big honking golden cross up there and then he goes to the village and starts kicking ass and saying who did this thing well it was that race in that other <laughs> town So he goes to this town to get revenge on him. It's a movie you actually don't see a lot of Dracula, really. He Mm -hmm. pops up here and there, but it's really more about the effect that he's having on the people that's in the village, because, of course, he bites all the nubile wenches. One wench, she starts acting strange, the niece of the priest and her boyfriend, he gets involved in it. Dracula takes her back to his castle, because he needs somebody to take the cross off the door, Mm -hmm. and he goes back. But it's a very effective movie, because, except for that beginning where he asks, well, who did this?
0: thing, Mm
1: he doesn't have any dialogue, you really don't see Dracula a lot That was during a brief
0: period where they were trying some really interesting things with the Dracula franchise. Yeah. The film after that, which is one of my favorites, Taste the Blood of Dracula, which literally takes up five seconds after this one ends, where he gets impaled on the... On the cross. No, no, no. Dracula is risen from the grave, Mm -hmm. ends with him being impaled on a wooden... Wagon Spoke. Okay. Taste the Blood of Dracula, it's about this group of privileged officials mm. who belong to a thinly veiled hellfire club. And they pick up this guy who happens to be a disciple of Dracula, mm-hmm. who promises, oh, we're going to have a satanic ritual. But they don't like it, so they kill the guy. Oh, yeah. But the guy bleeds into... Cool. <laughs> ...to the ashes that he carries around of Dracula. Mm-hmm. Because he gathered up the ashes when Dracula was killed, right? Mm-hmm. Revives him. And Dracula says, you fucked with my guy, I'm gonna fuck with you. So what he does is he turns the children of these officials mm-hmm. into his army. Linda Hayden is in this one. we talked about Linda Hayden yeah. before. One of the most extraordinarily beautiful women in the Hammer era. Her and the other... They're sleeping on top of Dracula's grave, waiting for him to rise up so they can go and kill. It's just that was that was really probably the last of the great Dracula films because after that was *Scars of Dracula*, where Lee felt loyalty to Hammer but really didn't want to be doing them. He wanted to be doing more of the stuff like *The Devil Rides Out*. Yeah. That's where his interest was. It was now, a- that
1: movie is another one yeah. he had a special fondness for mm-hmm. because it wasn't too often that Christopher Lee got to play the hero, yeah. and this one
0: he did. Instead of being the evil force, he was fighting the evil forces. He really loved the person who wrote this, and he was constantly campaigning for Hammer to adapt these novels, these like right. supernatural spy novels that yeah. they were, basically. He ended up doing Scars of Dracula, and then came the edict from Warner Brothers they wanted Dracula in the modern day, and he. Hated, hated that. What did they do? Dracula A.D. Dracula 1972? two of them. Dracula A.D. 1972, where his disciple, Johnny Alucard, mm-hmm. raises him up in an old prior, and he spends the bulk of his time kind of wandering around this abandoned church, snacking on Carolyn Monroe in a slinky black dress.
1: Isn't this the movie that has that infamous scene where Dracula is inside the discotheque?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. And he's kind of looking around But Like going, you
1: say, what the... What am I do here? And everybody looking at, it? oh man, that's a cool cape, man. Yeah. What they oh, yeah.
0: yeah. The even worse one was Satanic Rights Dracula, where Dracula comes Fu Manchu. The problem with Satanic Rights is that you don't see Dracula till almost the very end of the film, mm-hmm. the last fifteen minutes. But once he's on screen, he doesn't shut the fuck up because you know, he explains that Dracula decides he's bored with unliving. Yeah. So he's going to destroy humanity and eventually he'll starve to death.
1: Well, yeah. That, you're kinda like killing off your food out there, yeah, man. No, Dracula to me yes, I do know that there have been modern takes on Dracula and I've watched them and some of them I've actually enjoyed, but I'm sorry, I feel Dracula works better in period. If you're gonna do a vampire story in Modern day, I prefer that you just create your own vampire instead of bringing Dracula into the modern day. Sorry. What, you didn't like Jeffrey Butler and Dracula 2000? Was that the one where the coffin was on on, the plane and they were transporting it? I'm not sure. That's the one that Wes Craven produced. Right, right. That's the one I'm thinking of, the Wes Craven movie. I would have... Yeah. It was all right. But wouldn't you call it Dracula? I kind of like substitute a name like Frank. Because I like my Dracula in period, like what Christopher Lee, when he did the
0: Dracula in period. I just feel he works. Same thing with Frankenstein. There's also, incidentally, another project that Hammer actually almost did, that Lee really, really wanted to do. But unfortunately, Hammer went out of business before it got fruition. which was, it was a Dracula movie. They had two scripts. One was called Dracula and the Brides of Kali, which would feature Dracula in India. Okay. It was going to be a hammer. Oh, it was going to be a, a co production with a Bollywood studio. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to have a big dance scene. I'm sure they because would Because you
1: know, out. in a Bollywood movie, they've always got to have a dance scene. And I
0: bet you Christopher Lee would sing. He probably would yeah. sing and dance. But the other one, and I'm trying to remember what the name of it was, was something like Dracula Dreams of Darkness, and it was a weird story which was which kind of interwove Dracula with Bram Stoker, and mm-hmm. kind of explained how Bram Stoker came to write Dracula. And he was really interested in doing it, and the idea was, Lee was going to portray both Dracula and Bram Stoker. Interesting.
1: Now, I know he you said he played Sherlock Holmes and, and Mycroft. Mycroft Holmes.
0: He played Sherlock Holmes. Now, in... He was in
1: the Hound of the Baskervilles, but he didn't play either role. He played Sir Henry yeah. Baskerville. It was Peter Cushing right. that played Sherlock Holmes in that oh, one, right? Yes. Okay. But he played Mycroft it. in the private life. The private ride, the private life of Sherlock Holmes. Okay,
0: and I think that he played Sherlock Holmes for a BBC television adaptation. All right,
1: because I don't remember yeah. a movie that he played Sherlock yeah. Holmes. I'm pretty sure that I would remember that. Michael Holmes yeah, I remember that, and I do remember he was in Hound of the Baskervilles, but he played Sir Henry. Yeah, Baskerville.
0: How many movies exactly did he and Peter Cushing make together? I don't, I don't know offhand. how many offhand, but it was quite a lot because you figure there was that whole period with Hammer when they were like paired up. Yeah, well, they were like Abby and Costello. They Didn't were? they even do a Dracula? Movie together with Cushing played Van Helsing. Several of them, of course. Yeah, that okay. was the thing he would play Dracula, and Van Helsing would be played by Peter Cushing. Okay. Also, he was the monster in the first Frankenstein right. film. Right. Yeah. He was the mummy in the first mummy film yeah. that Hammer did. Hell, even when they were doing stuff that wasn't Hammer, like the Creeping Flesh. Yeah. Him and Cushing would work. I get the impression that they would not turn down a chance to work together.
1: No, no, no. Like just watched this movie the other night, Horror Express, which right. I really liked a lot. I had never seen it before, and. and And that one, they play kind of rivals that have to team up. Yeah. Christopher Lee is an archaeologist, and he finds this carcass that's frozen in Tibet or some godforsaken place. So he brings it on board this train, and what it is is that it's the carcass of this alien that crash landed to Earth centuries before, and he gets out and he can eat chew or take part of your brain or whatever and he absorbs your memory and he can change himself and he can jump from body to body the movie starts out with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing they're like rivals because of course Christopher Lee has got this thing all wrapped up and Peter Mm -hmm. Cushing wants to find out what it is then while all of these people are being zombified on this train and they're turning into these zombie creatures that the alien can bring back to life right. they're running around trying to stop it but they're trapped on this train and then it gets even crazier when Telly Savalas comes aboard he's this he's drunken Cossack right this drunken Cossack mm-hmm. that's you know. But I really like that movie a lot Because it reminded me of The Thing It was kind of like the same thing Because you got these people that are on this train And they can't get away from this creature And it can become anybody it wants to Or it can even kill somebody And bring it back to life right. as a zombie And you can tell that they were having a really good time Making that movie Because again, for once, they got to be the hero So that's a movie I would highly recommend to anybody If they haven't seen it A lot of people think it's a hammer horror movie But it's It actually
0: was a Spanish film It's a film. Spanish film, yeah That was during the period where the Spanish movie industry was doing a lot of interesting weird little horror films like the The Blind Dead Stuff and The Bell from Hell and things like that.
1: But I think what it was is that we had become, and I know growing up that Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing in my mind, were so synonymous with Hammer, that I just assumed any movie that they were in because I didn't right. know any better. I just assumed it was a Hammer horror movie. I didn't know until Because they made a lot of other horror movies outside of Hammer.
0: Yeah. A lot of the Tygon films people think are Hammer films.
1: Christopher Lee did a bunch mm-hmm. of horror movies for American International that were done in a very Hammer horror movie right.
0: style. Here you go. Say. I know you were asking about this. His Sherlock Holmes credit mm-hmm. was in 1991 playing Sherlock Holmes in Sherlock Holmes and the Leading Lady directed by Peter Sadsky. It was a TV movie. Oh, okay. I have to see if that's on Netflix. Probably not, but one can always <laughs> Howling Two, Sturba, Werewolf Bitch. I just like that. <laughs> I prefer that title. Where did that come from? <laughs> no, is that long? I'm sorting through his because there's a whole massive database of all of his on his oh, official okay. website, and so I was looking, and apparently elsewhere, Howling Two, which I think is called the Original Nightmare or something yeah. like that, in America is referred to as Howling 2 Werewolf Bitch. Now, see, that's a better title. Yeah, I would definitely want to see that film. Is that the one I like with Sybil Danning? Yes, it's the one where they gave up on trying to be coherent and just gave us the shot of Sybil Danning burying her breasts over and over for, I think it was like 40 different times. Not a problem. <laughs> he never gets old. I'm sure it does. I'm just looking for something. He was in Charlie's Angels, for God's sakes. Really? The movie or the TV series? The TV series. TV. I'm assuming 1989. 1989, yeah, that was a TV series. Yeah. The Last Unicorn. Never heard of it. You never heard of The Last Unicorn? It was, yeah, it was an animated was film. Because he's done a lot of animated stuff, too. Oh, sure, yeah. And he's done radio, right. for God's sake. He's done radio, he's done TV.
1: I'm pretty sure he's done commercials somewhere yeah. in the world, apparently yeah. Japan.
0: The Return of Captain Events, we've talked about in a previous episode, mm-hmm. where he sang and danced. Then go
1: ahead and talk about it again, because I
0: will not be able it's to stop insane doing it. Go ahead. Because it's an insane, insane film. Captain America 2. Death oh, Too Soon, yeah. where he played Miguel. I remember that. The House of Long Shadows. The Far Pavilions. Good Lord, there's 13 pages of credits on this website.
1: Well, look at long, how long the man's been yeah. around.
0: How the West Was Won, TV miniseries. Arabian Adventure. Arabian Adventure. Where he played the villain. You remember that? It was. That sounds familiar. Yeah, 1979. Starship Invasions. A film so bad, I think it, it at the time it had the record of going from theatrical release to TV showing. Really. Ninety days.
1: <laughs> it was that bad.
0: It was ninety days. Yes. Let's see. Circle of Iron. Oh yeah.
1: I remember that. Well, he's in it for like the yeah. first ten minutes. And if you guys have never seen this movie, it was a movie that was written by Bruce Lee. He had intentions of starring in it yeah. for his untimely death. At one time, I believe that for the lead character, it was either going to be Steve McQueen or yeah. James Colbert, both of who were pupils of Bruce Lee. Right. Matter of fact, didn't they help carry his casting at his funeral? Yes. I know James Colbert did. I'm not too sure about Steve McQueen. But it's about this warrior that goes on this mystical Kung Fu Quest for Truth. Right. Along the way, he meets David Carradine in these various incarnations. And Christopher Lee is the guy at the end of... Is he at the beginning or at the end of the movie? He's only in it for like 10 minutes, but he plays the guy that gives him the Book of Truth. Right. And when he opens up the Book of Truth, he finds that it's nothing but pages of mirrors. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He went through this whole movie and got his ass kicked by David Carradine and kicked ass. Got inscrutable wisdom from Eli Wallach, of all people, who's sitting in a big pot of oil to dissolve his body. If you folks ever want to check it out, it's worth seeing because it's an interesting, curious movie. The Kung Fu isn't that good to speak of, to be honest yeah. with you. I've seen better martial arts film, And it's very heavy on the Zen mysticism and philosophy. David Carradine says stuff like, two birds tied together cannot fly. Well, duh. <laughs> yeah, know, interesting time waster and of course if you're a bruce lee fan you can watch it and speculate what might have happened if he had actually went ahead and started and like he
0: had planned to do so all the avengers we talked about the oblong box which would have been Ah. the fourth film by the guy who did the Witchfinder general Mm -hmm. michael reeves but he and cushing i think decided to take it on themselves after reeves died in that Mm helicopter crash the magic christian I've talked about this film, I think, briefly before. Another one of these weird and bizarre psychedelic movies, mm-hmm. which is perhaps best known for introducing the Badfinger song. If you want it, here it is, come and get it. Mm-hmm. Make your mind up fast. If you want it, anytime, I can get it. But you better hurry, cause this may
1: breaking. not. Did I hear you say that there must be a catch? Will yeah, you walk away From a fool That is money
0: Money oh. Anyway <laughs> The Magic heck?
1: Christian It's funny I haven't heard that song In like years yeah. it's, it's scary how the words Came back to me <laughs> I haven't heard that song I don't know how long Thanks a lot Tom Okay, uh, okay. That shit will be stuck In Everybody my head The rest of the year. You're it.
0: welcome The Magic Christian It's a total Absolute mess of a film okay. And it's one of these films Where they think A lot of people Just to be in the film And, and Lee plays The ship's vampire okay. The end takes place In a Cruise ship and everything goes to hell, and there's and Christopher Lee's walking around in his Dracula gear. Okay, Count Dracula, the, the Jesse Franco film, which he took because it gave him a chance to give a portrayal of Dracula more in keeping with the dracula of the books right and that he starts out old and he gets younger curse of the crimson altar the last film of boris karloff the, the fu manchu series oh absolutely which always ended with that great
1: line the world will hear from me again whenever you think that fu got killed in whatever calamity is, his headquarters is blowing up where he got yeah. swallowed by a giant snake and then that's, that's how the movies always ended
0: when he said the world will hear from me again." Yes. I said, well, okay well old fu is still out there hanny calder oh really yes He had a small role in Hennie Calder, which was reviewed by uh, Mark Busquets today. Yeah, right. Raquel Weston, never seen it. Poor Devil.
1: Okay. Playing the devil. The devil.
0: That was the one with Elliot Gould. Yes. We talked about The Private Life of Sherlock Holmes. We talked about The Creeping Flesh. Deathline, that was an interesting film. Deathline is a film, uh, there's these mysterious disappearances in the the London Underground. Mm Mm-hmm. Turns out that there was this accident in the early days And it sealed off a bunch of people In the train It's down to like the last two of these people have, They've kind of survived mm-hmm. And the last two of these people And they're living as cannibals So they're going around killing people and <laughs> eating them
1: Between this and 5 million years the earth And a couple of yeah. I would have stayed out of the underground If I lived yeah. in London Because it seems like a lot of shit goes on in the, that, that, that people just don't know about Or yeah. start in their
0: subway system <laughs> No, thank you, I'm gonna walk Yeah, you think I'll take the bus Ten Little Indians, Dr. Terror's House of Horrors On Uh, the train Yeah, on the train with Peter Cushing Peter Cushing is playing the guy with the tarot cards
1: Telling the future
0: He's in the story about the artist Right And the hand comes after him Mm
1: -hmm. They're all on the train and Peter Cushing vanishes He disappears after he's untold all of the fortune. Because, of course, it's Christopher Lee is the one that's all throughout the thing. He's going, rubbish. (laughs) Bosh! Uh, <laughs> it's a parlor trick. Are talking all this bullshit? So then, in the movie, the train pulls into the station and it stops. They get out and they say, "Well, what's going on? What's going?" And then the newspaper blows by. Yeah. Christopher Lee grabs it, and the headline is that the train has crashed and five guys got yeah. killed. And then they realize it's them. One of those great anthology yeah. movies that they just don't make anymore. Rasputin,
0: the Mad Monk. Oh, okay. I think I saw that one Hammer was really going And looking for different things Yeah Here's another horror film Where he played the hero The Gorgon Oh yeah I give Hammer credit For trying something A little different In that film Not a very successful movie though Mm Mm-hmm. It's a rather goofy one Isn't Peter Cushing In that one also? Yeah Yes he is Ah. The Pirates of Blood River He plays the head Of the Huguenots You take that back I'm serious You've not seen this Okay you have to go See this film Wait a minute The Pirates of the Hood now? Called the Pirates of the Blood River. Okay. Christopher Lee plays the head of the Huguenots. There go that word again. That sounds suspicious, but go ahead. <laughs> and he's the main. He's the main villain of the film. Who else is in this movie? I think I've seen this. Kerwin Matthews is in it. He was the I, hero. Yep, I've seen that one. Yeah. Okay. Now you believe me? Yes, I do. That is like a great z oh, movie. Of course, one of your favorite nonsensical horror films: "Scream and Scream Again."
1: Oh, yeah. Scream and scream again. <laughs> that movie is so nuts, man. Yeah. If we ever do a commentary that we want to do, I yeah. want to do one in this movie. Because this movie is so impossible to describe. It's
0: got Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, and Christopher Lee, and they never have a scene They, they never have a scene, right. Because it seems to be like just three separate storylines. They have nothing to do yeah. with each
1: other. And what never fails to crack me up, every 10 15 minutes, they cut back to this poor guy, guy in the, the hospital bed that they keep amputating they keep pieces off of him. And that's all he does. He wakes up and his leg is gone. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yes. And then the nurses rush in. They sedate him. We go to another part of the story. We come back 15 minutes later. He wakes up. Another leg is... And they never explain yeah. why they kidnapped him or why they're
0: cutting pieces what off this the They Never explain because this film makes no sense. Oh, it's nonsensical. Because you've got... Vincent Price has a mad scientist who's trying to create some sort of synthetic flesh substitute. Yeah. Or he's like trying to create some sort of Superman. And, he, and then you've got... Peter Cushing Who's this dictator Of a foreign country Yeah, yeah
1: oh, man. And then every once in a while They cut to the nightclub And we see the, yeah. the kids And they're dancing And they're playing that Because
0: show. one of Vincent Price's creations Is out and about And he's this monster Who's killing women
1: Yeah I would love to meet The guy that wrote That screenplay If only but to ask him Man what was you on When you wrote it And mm-hmm. where can I get Some of it <laughs> What were you thinking Of when you wrote this screenplay And what made anybody Think that they could film this? Oh, I love that movie. I love it just because
0: it's—it it, it, makes—it's it, insane. It, it is, is. It is certifiably insane. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense whatsoever. Hell, he was in *Beat Girl*, the British teen delinquency drama. <laughs> Not as a teen delinquent though I was about to say He wasn't playing A teen delinquent I know that much The Whip in the Flesh Mario Bava Giali Oh Okay Perhaps best known here By the nonsensical title What? (laughs) Because probably When you got to the end Of the movie That's what you said Yeah And by the way Christopher Lee's Leading lady in that film was someone we have sung the praises of and is a inductee into our Hottie Hall of Fame. Who's that? Dahlia Lavi. Oh,
1: yeah, well, shit. It wasn't it that you said? The, the Whip in the Flesh? The whip in
0: the, the whip in the Body is the name uh, that Mario Bava gave it. Mm-hmm. But in America, it was released under the name What? Question mark. Yeah, I gotta look that up on Netflix. Although I'm willing to bet that you you could probably could find it under The Whip in the Body. The Skull. Dahlia Lavi. Dahlia Lavi. Dahlia Lavi. Beautiful girl ah. Then we have The Skull That's the one About the skull Of the Marquis, Marquis de Sade uh, Again with Peter Cushing Is yeah. that one again Yeah I've seen that one One of a number of films That he did With Freddie Francis mm-hmm. Sad though Because I read A recent interview With Francis He seems actually Kind of embarrassed By these films Now for those Of our listening audience Who don't know Could you take 30 seconds And explain who Freddie Francis is Freddie Francis Even though he got His start at Hammer mm-hmm. Most of his work was at Amicus Pictures. Mm -hmm. He did many of the earlier anthology shows. The anthologies, okay. Yeah. Because I think he did Torture Garden. Mm-hmm. I think he did... Oh, that was good with yeah. Torture Garden. Actually, I gotta say, I think that Torture Garden may be the least effective of the, the Amicus Anthology films. Yeah, but it's still good. Of the four stories, there's that middle story about the woman who wants to be the actress, and the other story about the woman who falls in love with the pianist, but mm-hmm. the piano is jealous. Yeah, the piano is je- Yeah, Yeah, it's
1: no asylum, but it's still worth watching now.
0: Yeah, but Francis, most of his... Directing credits are from Amicus, and right. he directed The Skull, which is about, of course, the skull of the Marquis, Marquis de Sade, Sade, running around, biting people. And doesn't it possess him? Yeah. pushing
1: that, and the spirit of mm-hmm. the Marquis de Sade gets into him. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I've seen it. That's one of those movies that turn the classic movie seems to, re- to run a lot at on Saturday night, the horror thing yeah. that they have.
0: I'm not sure, but everybody says that Lon Chaney is the only actor to play Frankenstein, Dracula, the Wolfman, and the Mummy. Well, Christopher Lee never played the Wolfman. Mm -hmm. He did play Dracula, the the Frankenstein monster, and the Mummy. The Mummy. And he played Dr. Jekyll Mm. and Mr. Hyde a couple of times. Now that I did not know. I think he deserves a little bit of...
1: You actually know who I think was the best person ever played Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? And don't laugh. Okay. Jack Palance
0: in the TV movie did you
1: ever see the Dan Curtis
0: TV movie it's been a long time I was a kid at the time yeah me too but remember
1: because he, Dan Curtis did Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde mm-hmm. and he did Dracula with Jack Palance right. and they were supposed to do Frankenstein also mm-hmm. I don't know why they didn't but you know why I like Jack Palance his version better why? because it gives a reason why he would turn himself into Mr. Mm-hmm. Hyde because he plays Dr. Jekyll kind of the same way as John Malkovich did later on in Mary Riley whereas Dr. Jekyll's like kind of older yeah he's not
0: in the best of hell also the BBC adaptation with David Hemming Where Jekyll is kind of infirm and kind of right. rickety boy-y. And then when he takes the city
1: He becomes the... David Hemmings Right, he's yeah. young, he's right. virile, he's
0: sexy mm-hmm.
1: That's how Jack Palance but So then you understand why he keeps mm-hmm. taking this thing I like that interpretation
0: Of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He also was in the last official Hammer film, which was To the Devil, a Daughter. A Daughter,
1: oh yeah, yeah. The
0: absolute last one, the Mm -hmm. one that was almost kind of embarrassing if you think about it. It was their attempt to try and keep up with what was going on in America. Her heart was getting more bloodier. Yeah.
1: And I know you feel the same way as I do. Hammer was at its best when it made those period horror movies yeah. like The Witchfinder General and the Dracula mm-hmm. set back in the Carpathian Mountains in the 12th century or whatever right. it was, or when they had Frankenstein in period. They should have kept on doing that because that's what they were good yeah. at. When they tried to keep up with the American
0: audience and make it more bloody, and they didn't know how. It's The, the period, the last 10 years mm-hmm. of Hammer existence was the years when the person who founded the Hammer, mm-hmm. James Carrera's, Handed over to his son, Michael Carreras. And it's a very weird period. Part of the reason, I think, that so many of these later films fail is because the younger Carreras didn't really have the expertise that his father had. And he was doing a lot of things like... He'd invite all these writers to lunch at the Hammer Commissary and just let them talk about any crazy old ideas that they had. Never and he good would, idea. He would commission people... <laughs> on the spot to do films based on these pitches. Which is how we got Scream and Scream Again. Well, no, Scream and Scream Again is, I think Scream and Scream Again, I'm not absolutely certain. I was joking, though. Yeah, but, but I think that Scream and Scream Again is an amicus film. Oh, okay. It's either amicus or tigin. But you got things sometimes that worked, like Captain Cronus. Ah, okay And let's also be honest The Hammer would not have lasted as long as it did If somebody didn't propose the idea of adapting Carmilla That led to the four-part Carnstein series Mm in the 70s Which they were able to successfully really go over with the sexuality But then you got stuff like Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde Which is (laughs) the other Brian Clemens-penned Hammer film And Mm -hmm. it's very odd Yeah, to say the least when you've got things like Martine Bestwick mm-hmm. playing Mrs. Hyde, feeling herself up for the Yeah, for the first time after she... But let's
1: face it, if you were a guy, you suddenly got transformed into Martine Bestwick. What's the first thing
0: you would do? Martine Bestwick is hella hot. All
1: right then, Yeah. It's like if I woke up the next day and I just turned into Pam Gray. Yeah. <laughs> what's well, the first thing I'd do. I'd be grabbing over. Whoa, let me see if these are as great as I've always thought they were. Yep, yep they are.
0: <laughs> it was Tygen that did Scream and Scream again. Okay. Tygen was a
1: weird...
0: I have a great deal of affection for Teigen pictures. I have a great deal of respect for anybody that would make something called Scream and Scream again and actually thought that thing
1: would make Mm -hmm. money.
0: Well, remember, that was during a period where you still had B movies. You had double bills, so even if your movie wasn't a successful A picture, you could put it on the double bill with something else. Yeah, that's true, too. This guy has worked and worked, I think, because he loves working, not because he needs to pay the... But for every screaming scream again a tiger did, mm-hmm. you get the creeping flesh.
1: Right, okay. Which yeah, is yeah.
0: this really strange mm-hmm. and almost profanely beautiful horror film. That's a good way to put it. Where Peter Cushing is trying to find the nature of evil. The evil
1: itself, yeah. Ambitious, isn't he?
0: <laughs> Leftover from what he was doing frankly. Yeah. <laughs> he finds this missing link skeleton mm-hmm. and he's examining it because he's trying to locate and he kinda of distills something he thinks is pure evil and somehow it gets into his Daughter system, and she becomes this raging harlot. But then, of course, the thing, because apparently if it gets wet, it starts regenerating. And it gets caught into a rainstorm. So the missing Link-like creature, which we only see very briefly, comes back to get what what it's missing. Mm -hmm. Very strange film. What
1: was that movie where... Oh, man, I can't think of the name of it now. Peter Cushing. It was another one where they played the heroes. It was them. They were on this island. And it was all these different tentacle
0: monsters. Oh, kind of like these shell things. Yeah, yeah. Right, and they was on the island, and they couldn't get off. I know what you... Here in America, it was called Island of Terror.
1: Because I remember because there was a scene where Christopher Lee has to cut off Peter Cushing's hand because he gets caught by one of the monsters, and he has to take an axe and cut his hand off, so he gets free the crab thingy.
0: Yeah, let me see if this is what I think it is. I'm looking for that one. But I think
1: you're right. The Island of Terror, the Island of Burning Death, or...
0: The Island of the Creeping Death. or yeah.
1: It was somewhat island
0: in it. Ah. In England, it was referred to as the Night of the Big Heat.
1: Oh, okay. And here in this country, what was it called?
0: It was called, I think, Island of Terror or Island of the Doomed. I'm not Something sure. Something like, yeah. It
1: was somewhat island in it. Okay.
0: Very strange. Yeah. Yeah, that
1: was another strange one. We're
0: concentrating a lot on this horror film. We don't want to take away from the fact that this guy had a tremendous of historical films.
1: Oh, yeah, a lot he of did him. a lot of historical drama. Well, it's like another guy, Vincent Price. Everybody right. talks about Vincent Price's horror movies. They forget Vincent Price during the 30s and 40s had a long history in Hollywood right. doing a lot of straight dramatic comedies before he right. even went near... I think he was like in his... 50s when he started doing the horror movies. These are guys who were respected actors in the theater. They did Shakespeare, and they did a whole lot before the horror well, he was in a Disney movie. He was in yeah. uh, Return from Witch Mountain. Return from Witch Mountain, right. That's one of the things I like about this guy. You never know where he's going to show up next. Uh-huh. I said, Christopher Lee in Star Wars? I said, yeah. get out! But then I say it's kind of fitting because Peter Cushing was in the first right. Star Wars movie. And it's only a shame that the
0: man didn't live long enough that they could have both been in the uh, Star and Wars the, movie together. The great together. thing is about him now is that you have all these directors mm-hmm. like John Landis, like Lucas and Tim Burton and Joe Dante, who grew up watching him and they want to use him now.
1: Yeah, they'll always find a spot for him. I remember how happy I was to see him show up in 1941 of all movies. Yeah. He played the commander of the mm. you know, Nazi sub. Well, he wasn't the commander; it yeah. was a Japanese sub. Because as a matter of fact, the Japanese threw him off the sub right? because right. they got tired of him giving the orders. All the time. even if you have him in a cameo, like in Sleepy Hollow, he plays the judge yeah. at the beginning of the movie where who says Ichabod Crane off. To me, Christopher Lee in a movie gives your movie a weight and legitimacy. Right. He wouldn't be in it
0: if he didn't think there was something that was worth. it. Hey. And give him credit for the fact that he's singing heavy metal. Yeah! Give him credit for not turning away anything that might be interesting and new to him. It's an old say. You get old when you stop playing. And I think that's why
1: he's still going strong even at the age he is, because he's not afraid of trying things like heavy metal and doing all Mm -hmm. these things or doing the Charlemagne Project. All these different things that he's doing, he doesn't have to do. Christopher Lee could have sat on his rumpy puppy for 20 years and lived
0: off his reputation. He didn't have to do anything. But he's
1: still out there doing things. Well, I think part of it
0: is this is his love. Yeah, Acting I mean, is his love He's been married for 44 years I mean I'm sure he loves his wife too mm-hmm. <laughs> But this is his passion
1: If you can do it
0: If your health is still good
1: If you're in your right mind Why not? When me and you were growing up It was a different thing You remember how people They would work all their lives Then they retire Yeah And then what they would do They would drop dead a year or two yeah. later Probably because they were bored stiff but it's not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. People are still going on. They're having second careers after they yep. retire, even third careers. Right. Well, why not? If you are fully capable of doing something else, especially something that you love and as creative, fulfilling as acting, and you got people that say, listen, could you come be in my movie, even if you right. just sit there behind a the desk for five minutes, why not mm-hmm. do it? And I hope that, Crystal I hope that we can do a special 100th when he gets to be at 100. It's not inconceivable. He's what, like 90 now? He's, let's see, he was, he's turning 90 this year. Okay, 90 this year, okay. Well, it's not inconceivable, but George Burns hung on for what, like 100, 102? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. He died shortly after his 100th birthday? He's definitely a part of my childhood. Oh. That's the thing, yeah. is that he's one of these actors who really shaped, he, he, I think, is instrumental in shaping the type of writer that I am. You've read the novel at this point. Right. So you know how kind of dark and kind of yeah, well, spooky you, you Yeah, is. well,
1: you've written a gothic superhero novel. Whether you know <laughs> yeah. it or not, well, you have. You've written a I, I just hope Ron isn't upset that I got to. I mean, it's not straight superheroes it's, it's as much of a horror movie mm-hmm. as it is of a superhero story in a lot of ways. Even if you have a story in your writing and you say, well, he was a Christopher Lee type. Yeah. Bam, you automatically... Yeah, exactly. you got a, You got a vision All in your head. like Yeah, with that wonderful voice he has, Christopher Lee, he's like James Earl Jones and Boris Karloff and Peter Cushing. He's got one of those voices that when you hear it, you don't mistake it for anybody else. You say, all "Oh right. yeah, that's Christopher Lee." And I guess that wraps up. I all guess I
0: right. wrap. Yeah, we just wanted to spend some time with you to tell you how much we like Christopher Lee and to formally induct him into the, the hall, hall, hall of, of the Fame. Great, great men, and right, uh, he's probably right now interposing himself between James Woods and Catherine Bigelow. You do not treat a woman... See, that doesn't sound
1: right. You know what I mean. No, but but I got a dirty
0: mind. You do not treat a lady like that, sir. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I can imagine James Woods Stepping down because. Oh yeah, now there's anybody that he would back
1: down for <laughs> It'd for <later>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember anybody that right now Back down for Christopher Lady.
0: <laughs> I guess it's time for the um, Administrator stuff Whether you love us, whether you hate us Whether you want to say that you totally understood The plot to Scream and Scream again And, we-
1: and if you did, please contact me And tell me what it is
0: Because we don't know there are a number of ways you can reach us. You can send us an email to better in the dark at earth2.net. That's better in the dark at earth-2.net. You can join our message board at betterinthedark.prohorts.com. It's very, very lonely over there. It
1: needs company badly. It
0: needs company. People willing to talk. Or you can go and join the Facebook group, which is where most of our people like to play around in. Go to Facebook, type in Better in the Dark, join up, and we'll add you, and you can look at all the cosplay pictures. And and pictures of actresses in repose I really do like that second Black Canary you did Thank you
1: You know what I love? What? That nobody knew who it was except for me and you Remember the picture? Yeah, the steampunk picture The steampunk picture and everybody was yelling at me. Well, who is you? And I said, Well, Tom knows who she is. Yeah, because yeah, I just put. I, she was so, blue
0: when I met her. You're right.
1: So what the hell? Who Yeah, but tell the rest of yeah. us. I said, No, nah, I'm not telling you. But I put it up because I knew you would get it. Yeah. And I knew nobody else would understand why I put that up except for you. And no, I'm still not going to tell yeah. you why.
0: <laughs> I post a cyberpunk photo of my own. This. Is yeah, a- I like. Yeah, I like that. One. It's very evocative. I mean, she's a little skinny mm-hmm. for my taste. But But considering what she's doing, I can see why. Yeah. The
1: only other person that would know what that picture is about is Mariette's rock. Yes. And I don't know if he listens to us or not. But if he is, then he knows why. But no, I'm still not going to tell you, Jason, why.
0: Because Jason's crazy. (laughs) And, you know, if he knew where to find the picture, he'd be able to learn the name of the model.
1: Yeah. But I like doing stuff like that. Yeah. I said, I'm going to put this up. I said, I know Tom's going to get this. (laughs) Because when that picture went up in the form that we saw you, there, you
0: remember, I everybody
1: had a... was going to write stories. Yes. If you on... remember, I
0: had her as my uh, wallpaper for Yeah, a
1: while. I know. I know. And she looked just as good blue as she yeah. does. And, but I remember when he first put that up, everybody would say, oh, I'm going to write a story yeah. about that. I don't know if anybody ever did, though. No. Nah. Really. Uh, too bad.
0: Because it was a great concept yeah. for that character and a great look for her, too. You're on DeviantArt. Mm-hmm. And... If you call up steampunk cosplay, there are all these wonderful pictures that are calling out for stories. Oh, yeah. The one that we were just looking at just now with this woman. The name of the picture is called We Rule the Air. Oh, wow. That's a story waiting to happen right Mm -hmm. there. About this world and all the balloons But you won't know what we were talking about Unless you actually go on our Facebook page yes, yes. Plus if you wanted to You could follow both Derek and I on Facebook Just type in our names, we're not hard to find Nope, we're um, not hard
1: to find at you all You can
0: go to the Ferguson Theater Buy your ticket and read reviews From the esteemed gentleman to my left Or you can slide on over to Damn your ears, damn your
1: eyes Ten statements about dot 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 Where my esteemed colleague Dissects and just Movies
0: don't and ten pithy perceptive yeah. statements and just don't go there to to look up where the truth lies to read about Alison Lohman's lesbian scene okay guys yeah. i know that's why that's the, the most popular review on my site <laughs> damn good reason to me. Allison Loman and some chicky dressed as Alice in Wonderland. Also we must mention the Nocturne Travel
1: Agency, which is a new blog that my esteemed colleague has just begun, in which he will be giving you the lowdown and background on his upcoming series, The Shadow Legion. All seven.
0: characters and writing that's part of the Chimera Falls universe.
1: Which you're integrating all of that Shadow Legion and Chimera Falls into
0: one Dejaverse. Well, as you know, in the book, Maybell actually references Chimera Falls. Right. It's still in there where she makes the reference at one time to her sister who's still there in Chimera Falls. And she's I sending, believe
1: so. But you know what I'm going to do now? What? Now, Because remember, originally I was reading the chunks that you were sending yeah. to me. What I want to do is and I'll probably do that this Sunday because I'm going to be home. Yeah. And my brother-in-law and his family, they're not going to come down. Okay. I'm not sure. But if they do Sunday, I want to take that time. Now that I have everything all together, yeah. I want to read it as one Make home. sure. It, right. And see how it reads Together, yeah. all in one. I read the first chunk. I said, good. I read the second. But see, now that the third one has come, I'm kind of hazy on stuff that happened yeah. in the first part. So see, that's so what like,
0: I found. Is I had to go down to the way that I worked. I can even show you. Take note, folks. This is how a writer works. Is that I put each chapter in its own file, but I also oh, created really? a master document. Oh, wow.
1: So you have every chapter in its own yeah. separate file.
0: See, I have each individual chapter... But I also have down here the master document. So when I was finished with the end of the day, I would take and I wrote new, cut it, paste it into the master document. That's how I kept track of how many words I was... So, if I was writing a chapter and I was Mm kind of hazy about geography, because this is a fictitious city, as you know, Mm -hmm. did I already establish where Lincoln was? Because, you know, a lot of the book takes place in that one neighborhood. Right. I knew that I had established borders for where Lincoln is. Lincoln borders Frederick Douglass Boulevard, and the other side is Saracen Park. Mm -hmm. So, I would go back and look at the master manuscript. Okay. Now, when the time comes for the polish, I'm going to erase this master document, although I still have a copy of it on my flash drive, which is devoted entirely to the Shadow Legion. Okay. And other Airship One store things. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to start rewriting chapter one, Mm
1: -hmm. book
0: one, chapter one, then start a new master document. That's Mm -hmm. the document that Ron is going to get at the end of the polish.
1: Okay. Okay. Oh, all right then. So why every chapter in its own folder? Do you find it helps you keep everything separate? If you've got to go back and find something that you know yeah. is in chapter six, you don't got to look through the whole thing. Exactly. You can just go, bam, okay, yeah. well, let me open up chapter. Okay, I got you. Now, see. this is one of the things I love about writing, is that every writer's got his own yeah, different also, way. You know. yeah, if,
0: let's say I'm in chapter seven, and there's some, particularly in the last quarter of the book, I did a lot of reshuffling of scenes in that mm-hmm. last quarter. There's one scene where Black Talon is saying something to Johnny Seven at the end of The Big Confrontation. That was originally the start of one chapter, and I said, this doesn't feel right, and I'd cut it all out and put it in the end of, the, of another chapter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was a lot of that reshuffling. Right. So frequently I would have the chapter I was working on open, the master manuscript open, and whatever chapter I wanted to refer to. Right. Open. So this way, you got to do the reshuffling. It's easier to do that with each chapter in its own separate fold.
1: That's very interesting. That's cool. That's not the way I work. And once the master manuscript is
0: done, I add the template to make it into an acceptable, Mm. quote-unquote, manuscript, and then send it off to Ron. Okay. Cool. So, But right now, as you know, I'm giving it a rest to get a little distance. And there we go on a transgression. But yeah. Also, I want to point out that if you're interested in music, since we talked a little bit about music, about because Christopher Lee loves singing the heavy metal, mm-hmm. you can go to singalongscriptures.blogspot.com. And don't just go there to look at the hot picture of Sheryl Crow in recline in the ripped up jeans. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason I can think of. Each one of my songs for the day mm-hmm. have three people, four people, one person. Mm-hmm. Then you get to the Cheryl Crow one. Sixty-five people a day. Visit. Yeah, yeah. We know why you're uh, visiting. Yeah, in we Cubs. know why
1: you're going there. We know why. It's weird what clicks with people. Like yesterday, or was mm-hmm. it today? I said to people, I said, "Here's something strange." Out of all the reviews that I've done, and I look today mm-hmm. just to see, because I know it's more than 100, it's actually right. 207 reviews I have up there. And yeah, I get comments on most of them.
0: I get one comment here, two comment here, three comments there. Four, right. Five.
1: For the Hunger Games, I got 12 comments.
0: I've got 223 <laughs> posts uh-huh. on Damn Your Eyes, Damn Your Ears. I think. Two of them are parting glances, where I do obituaries. Right. And I think there's one or two that are not quite related. I think there was a flat and shiny inside that I reposted because it was relevant to something that we were discussing. So, all told, I have about over 200 reviews on there. And the one with the most comments is Pandorum, still. Really? Yeah.
1: Now see what I mean? Are you telling
0: me that many people like Pandora? These are the stats of all time. Where the truth lies has been accessed over 2,000 times. The only reason I can think of it is because it's got a pop picture of Alison Loman kissing.
1: Well, see, okay. A blonde girl. Okay. A lot of those hits also have to do with the picture that you have up there sometimes. Because if somebody's putting in a search for that act, that's what'll come up. But I was just saying, I got an email from somebody. I'm not going to mention their name. I know who it was. And you know who you are, too, and I'll deal with you. Personally, yeah. But you talk about well, you should just be grateful that people are commenting. It's not that I'm not grateful that they're commenting. I'm right. just wondering why this particular movie mm-hmm. moved people so much as to they yeah. thought they had a comment on it. That's all. Yeah, I'm always glad people comment on it. But anytime you ask a question like that, people, I don't know and why, and are going to take. And exception just for the
0: records, it. after Where the Truth Lies, the mm-hmm. next couple are Pandora with over a thousand, thousand three hundred mm-hmm. hits. Mm-hmm. Most of the four comments are trying to get me to rewatch the film.
1: Oh, that ain't gonna happen.
0: Yeah, no. Nah. Then Immortals with eight hundred and ninety three hits. Okay. The Mask with five hundred and eighty nine three hits. Mm-hmm. The Avengers, which might be confusion because people think I'm talking about the Avengers that are coming out this year. Yeah. With three hundred and seventy one hits, it starts decreasing from there. You got Batman and Robin. You got the Wicker Man. Heather's all with about two hundred hits, and then it goes down a hill even further from there. But for some reason, somebody really, really likes. Where the truth lies, which is surprising, because I figured that was one of the ones that people weren't going to be into. It's the
1: picture. It's
0: gotta to be. It. That's what it is. What after this episode dropped, watch how much it goes yeah. up there because
1: all the people who haven't seen it go
0: say, "Well, damn, now I really
1: got to go see, see this, this picture. picture."
0: We talked about the various blogs, Pulpworks Press. Mm-hmm. Go to pulpworkspress.com and order the new Four Bullets for Dylan," the short story collection featuring Derek's wonderful globe-trotting adventurer, and also his other books, including "Dylan the Voice of Odin and other wonderful things also the How the West was Weird series where you get to read about your ageless bounty hunter character
1: yeah which one is that
0: Red uh, oh Sebastian Red Red. I couldn't remember his first name for some reason Sebastian Red
1: yeah and hopefully I'm going to have an anthology coming out this summer because I've got enough stories right That I think I could put together. There's one more that I want to write, and then along with the three that I have, and also there is another story that is being written by somebody that both you and I know from the fanfiction community, Brent Lambert. Brent Lambert asked, could he write a Sebastian Red story? And I said, sure, why not go for it? So he's in the middle of writing it now, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do. It's always exciting to see how a character you created is being filtered through somebody Somebody else's sensibility. So I'm really looking forward to that. So that's something for you guys to look for. Plus, if this you go summer. on
0: over to Pro Se Press, mm-hmm. you can order The Adventures of Fortune McCall. Right. Featuring Derek's crusader from the Sovereign City, City
1: project, which is the creation of Tommy Hancock, editor-in-chief and partner-slash-publisher in Prose Press. And the series started with Barry Reese's The Adventures of Lazarus Grey, mm-hmm. and it continues with my The Adventures of Fortune McCall. And next month, Tommy will be introducing Doc Day and Day The Adventures of Doc Day. Plans after that, Tommy wants to do a book where all three characters will cross over now Yeah, will cross over. And so we'll see. I'm going to be doing a story where there is going to be a meeting between my Fortune McCall and Barry's Lazarus Crane. Mm-hmm. I contacted him and said, listen, why don't I do this and this? He said, yeah, go for it. Do it. So mm-hmm. that's something for you guys to look forward to.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Finally, of course, it's time to salute. Salute. The great Captain Ron Fortier mm-hmm. of Airship 27, where you can go and find the man called Mongrel appearing in Volume 2, a Mystery Men and, and Women. And women. And hopefully, I'll have my Nightbreaker story, The TikTok Men, ready yeah, for Volume 3. Yeah,
1: you're supposed to be doing some of Volume 3, right?
0: Yes. Is it done? It's on its way. I'm concentrating primarily right now on the Domino Lady comic script, because I want to get that to my artist, Michelle Shudo. Okay. Whose artwork can be found on Deviant DeviantArt.Sciuto.com. Shudo.DeviantArch. He does some lovely Victorian versions of various comic book characters and lots of lovely... She loves Batgirl.
1: Both Tom and I sincerely hope that you... We're not just throwing out these links and recommendations for our health. We want you to actively seek these people out because anybody we recommend, trust me, they're doing good work and they deserve to be supported. So please, by all means, go check these people out and see what they're doing.
0: I guess that is it. That's it. So, until next time... Until next time. ...where we ask you to please avoid crazy dictators who are sponsoring experiments in creating a new form of flesh that will isolate the nature of evil. Go see See that Christopher Christopher Lee movie. movie. Good night. Thank you very much. (laughs) I am going to go sing some heavy metal music now. Good night. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. I call upon you to witness my supreme triumph. Listening to Better in the Dark, featuring Thomas DJ and Derek Ferguson. Special thanks go out to Brian of Hamicus, Rick Croxton of the Book Cave, the Drunken Zombie Crew, Eric Frome, and of course all the members of the Better in the Dark message board at betterinthedark.proboards.com. Better in the Dark is working on a new strain of synthetic film, but has to keep amputating scenes from the Saw films to perfect the formula. Send all comments, praise, hate mail, love letters, and pipe bombs to betterinthedark at earth2.net. That's better in the Dark at earth-2.net. Please vote for us on Podcast Alley, and why not leave a review of us on iTunes? Maybe you can even visit the Better in the Dark Central site at www.betterinthedarksite.com. And don't forget to check out all the amazing music available at www.thehyphen.com. Better in the Dark is a Conspiracy Productions presentation in association with the Earth2.net community of podcasts. All material copyrighted by Thomas DJ and Derek Ferguson. Until next time, remember that it's not the roles you portray that make you a great, great man, but the way you portray yourself. Happy 90th birthday, Mr. Lee. Breaking the law! Breaking the law! Me. You will take these experimentations of yours to Sleepy Hollow, and there you will detect the murderer. Bring him here to face our good justice. Will you do this?